came from one of the best episodes of the challenge spies lies and allies too i didn't like this one sheldon um, I mean, you know, luckily for the viewers, possibly I'm fired up because of other things going on right now. <laughs> so either way, I'm I'm here to bring it where the challenge this week might not have. I mean, I've got some hot takes, but, you know, I didn't I didn't like this episode. We'll get into why I'm mm-hmm. John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander on a Thursday morning, just ready to go and ready for that edit button after we're done this podcast, because, yeah. <laughs> and this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. I got to tell you, Sheldon. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I just say again, this is another one of those moments where I want to start a thread where people write in where they really want to start knowing what we talk about before the podcast airs. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because when you really think about it sometimes, like once we start talking about the show, there's part of me all the time that starts like laughing about like, man, like the what the real pod could be. Yeah, would be a classic. Now, <laughs> when my other career fails at some point, <laughs> right? Maybe then we'll get to that. Ah, uh, but yes, sorry, the challenge. I will say, Sheldon just to tease it out for our listeners. Mm-hmm. I think that you and I both lead very interesting lives, both personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. And people would enjoy hearing all the tea that we spill before we yeah. actually start recording. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say though, and I know you're gonna agree with this, that somehow it feels like a lifetime since I last watched the challenge. And I know it's only been seven days, but so much has happened. <laughs> like I was watching the uh, previously on, I'm like, and at like, I needed the previously on to remind myself because like yeah. my brain had pushed out so much because <laughs> so much yeah. has happened in the past week. Um, yeah. I, I got to start with something though. I don't like a Manuel mocking <laughs> Kyle for being a chicken because I don't, I don't know if it's, first of all, I don't think Kyle was a chicken in this regard by calling down Josh. I think he was just smart. Like, Yeah, but that's a Manuel not understanding the game. Yeah, that's a Manuel bringing his real life values to the challenge where cowardice or what's perceived as cowardice is actually often advantageous. Yeah. which, Which will set us up for later conversations in this very podcast episode. But also, Devin is having a conversation with Kyle. He says he's disappointed that Josh is gone because he felt he was a straight shooter. He trusted him. But he's blaming it on Tori and Amanda. And Mm -hmm. Devin says that Emerald is still a strong sell, but I personally don't think so. I'm just going to say it straight off the hop because I think it's important to set the tone for this episode of You Killed It. I, I did not like how Devin played the game this episode at all. I was I am not team Devin for now. Well, when we get there, right? Like for me to say I was with Nelson yeah. says a lot, right? It says a lot. And I wonder if like we're the only ones feeling that way. I'm interested to hear what other people thought watching the episode as well, because I agree with you. It was kind of like, is the game getting to him too much? Like, is he playing the game a little too much? Is he kind of nervous because he sees a pathway to potentially winning? Do you know what I mean? And like that to me, is that a thing, you know? Um, Yeah. I'll also say 
the one the one thing I'll give credit Devin for is Sapphile is pretty funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Another important conversation that happens is CT and Emmy have a team meeting minus Kyle about yep. Kyle joining their team. And CT does not like it. He thinks that Kyle's either coming on to, back to Sapphire, either to protect himself or to sabotage the team. Mm-hmm. Emmy says that they need to accept Kyle. And she says, like, this is just how he was created. Like, this is, this is Kyle for who he is. He's on our team. We just have to, like, accept that, like, Kyle's going to behave in a certain way. And we just have to sort of, like, anticipate that if we can accentuate the strengths, cover the weaknesses. I'm sort of putting words into Emmy's mouth here. <laughs> I I agree with Emmy. Like this this is your team. You gotta roll with it, especially when there's only three of you. Yeah. You just have to like I mean for sure keep an eye on him, but you just have to accept that Kyle's gonna make like blunders in the daily competitions. He's, you can't count on him to like, I don't think he's necessarily dishonest, but I don't think he's often truthful. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. He's playing his own, he's playing his own games for sure. Right. He's always making moves that aren't the straight line strategy. Let's say, you know what Uh, I mean? It's always kind of like, oh, okay. Like I see what you're trying to do here, but why did you go about it like that? Well, Emmy also brings it to Kyle and says, like, hey, you and Uncle CT are still not cool, and it needs to be addressed. And Kyle says he won't apologize. And Amanda agrees with Kyle that CT always lets Kyle down. And I have to say, it's an interesting situation, because I agree with Kyle, Mm -hmm. I agree with Emmy, and I agree with CT to some degree. Like, it's an we are at an interesting point in the game where there's very few people where I'm like, that person's completely wrong. Yeah. Right. Where I'm like, yeah, no, they have, they have like, they have a point. Like I see where they're coming from, but it, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's like, this is real life, right? Like there's objective yeah. truths and there's subjective truths. And right now everyone is subjectively correct. <laughs> and it's just, it's such an interesting tension in the mm-hmm. household. No, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, because it's so close to the final, that's what kind of has people uh, feeling some type of way. And even CT, you know, like what is Kyle trying to do the sabotage thing? And a lot of these conversations seemed really phony to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it seemed like there's bad acting going on, you know, like, cause we know, obviously there's definitely times where they're like, Hey, we need you to talk strategy with this person here. Mm -hmm. Cool. Go. But at this point, things are pretty straightforward, right? Do you know what I mean? So like the strategy of it isn't really that much. So now you kind of got to like stir up and know that you need filler. And I felt Mm -hmm. like there was a lot of filler and, uh, and that was a lot of it. And even like something like the boat day, right now, there's so much I want to say about this boat day. A few things. First off, music, right? I need people to tell us what the music were was <laughs> for a lot of different scenes in this. But like the boat day, you would think before, and I'm, I know there's not that many couples left or whatever, but like it seemed pretty ch- tame, pretty chill. But that was clearly like 
hey, we need filler. We need a scene here. So let's film them all going on a boat for a day. But literally nothing happened, right? Like it was just like nothing really going on on the boat at all. Well, I thought it was interesting that they showed us, there's still like what, 12, 14 people left in the house. Mm -hmm. And they only showed us like five on the boat cruise. Oh, like we saw a lot of Devin. We saw mm -hmm. Devin, uh, Tori, Emmanuel, Nani, Casey, and a little bit of Emmy dancing. We didn't see Amanda. Yeah. We didn't see CT. We saw Kyle for like a brief second. Saw Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, but like we we much. only saw Amanda coming off the boat, and you can't yeah. tell me that Amanda mm -hmm. is getting on that boat and just like quietly sitting in the shade. Yeah. And I mean, that goes back to what we, we've been talking about, right? Like what's being taken out. And we don't even mean like hooking up. We just mean like the drinking, the drunkenness, the like partying. Right. And like, yeah, that was a big part of this show. That was a part of like, you know, watching the show and being like, ah, oh, this is amazing. Like, look at the exotic locations they're at partying. And, you know, when you remove a huge chunk of that to the show, Again, this ends up being a scene that's just filler. And part of that is I want to know what you think about this. The level of this like Tori and Devin uh, squabble, right? Because it's not a fight. It's not a real argument. But like, is this just some elaborate like uh, fake scenes that they've been making up just to like fill things up in this episode? Because still to this point, I don't understand Devin's point. Do you know what I mean? Like Tori and Devin are still friends and they're talking about their newly budded relationship. And, you know, there's a couple, first off, I guess I'll ask you the first question. First question is, do you believe this whole thing that they're arguing or is it just filler for this show? I think it's real. I think okay. it's, I mean, we're talking about how, you know, they're all sort of acting up because the end is in sight. But on top of that, I would add, at this point, they've also been away from home for like four weeks, like a month, maybe six weeks. Like they they have been a they've been in Croatia for a long time. And like I know you've taken trips with friends. I've taken trips with friends. There's a point where you get sick of your friends mm -hmm. when you take a vacation that's too long together. And this is to the nth degree, right? Like they're living in the same house. They're not allowed to go anywhere. They're not going to bars, right? Like this boat outing was, so like, I agree with you that Devin's beef with Tori doesn't really make sense. I think Tori's beef with Devin makes sense. Like, I think she mm -hmm. was legitimately hurt, but I think it's, I think part of it is just that they're like, they're tired, they're homesick. They spend too much time together. And I think that would happen to anyone that has to like yeah, travel definitely. together for a long time. I'll tell you, real life story, coming back from the Tokyo Olympics, when we were uh, flying back to Toronto um, and we were all at Narita Airport in Tokyo, basically my coworkers and I, none of us spoke to each other for the last, <laughs> for like, and like none of us sat together. Like there was a point where it was all of us uh, when we got there hours early because we weren't we were worried about clearing customs and everything yeah and so we were in an at an empty gate and there was 10 of us and we were all basically sitting like 
20 feet apart and not speaking to each other. And like the bus ride, it was a two hour bus ride from our hotel to the airport. We basically sat in silence. Yeah. And like, cause we were just, we'd run out of things to say. And like, I like all those people. I'm not criticizing my coworkers. We just, you just get yeah. to that point after a month together. And I think Devin and Tori are at that point. Trust on me, top I totally of get it. Yeah, on top no, of I totally, else. I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, yeah, and I mean, more filler stuff, you know, Emmy's trying to play Peacemaker. She wants Kyle to say sorry to CT. Oh, no, sorry. There was another question I want to ask you about the whole Devin and Tori thing. And it's more strategy and it's more like bigger picture. So it's not directly about them. But being on this show with one of your friends, right? And I'm saying, you know, as these people like to say, hey, no, this person's my real friend outside the house, whatever that means to you, how much do you owe that person in the game? And that's a question for you and to the viewers as well. Because I, I, I wrote it down and I also wrote down my answer. So if you want me to give you some time to think about your answer, I can go. But like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it depends so much on the friendship oh. and I'll, I'll tell you why i mean okay. people say like oh so-and-so is my friend that person's my friend i'm friends with this person but so much of friendship is circumstantial and contextual yeah right like yeah. when we graduated high school i used to joke with some of my friends that there were some people that i knew i was never going to speak to again <laughs> and i called it i called it the uh three week rule and like after three weeks, like if we hadn't been in touch, like best of luck on your future endeavors. Like I'm out. Yeah. Just because like, like to use high school as an example, so much of a friendship friendship can just be like, man, I hate our chemistry teacher. Or in this case, in the challenge context, so much can be like, yeah, we both eat the same kind of food. So we're always making our food mm -hmm. together. And like, that's what we're talking about. But, but that's like, it's a yeah, contextual yeah. friendship. Mm -hmm. So I think like, you know, Devin's talking about how much he likes Josh now. Are they friends or are they challenge friends, right? I got like, you. Are they friends because they like to go to bed at the same time sort of thing? You know what I mean? So, so let's say it's like someone who is like your real, real friend. Mm -hmm. However you deem that personally. Because to me, I was thinking about it in the sense of if this is someone who's my real, real friend and we're both on this show trying to win a million dollars. To me, I'm going to try to help you. I'd expect you to help me, but I'm not going to mm -hmm. compromise my own game for you. And I wouldn't expect you to compromise your own game for me. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, we'll do things to help each other out when we can, but like this whole expectation, like that's why I don't understand Devin's point. Like you're expecting yeah. Tori to lose on purpose to help you. Why would anybody do that? Like I, I, I don't it's get it. not just that. So this is where Devin is so off base. And longtime listeners know I love Devin. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Devin's expectation, and he did this previously too. Like this is this is like sort of his running expectation is that people are going to tailor their games to benefit him just because they're friends. But also, yeah. he is getting mad. Like he's micromanaging the game so hard that he's getting mad about the possibility of things not going his way. Like, like if we really talk about what he's mad about, he's mad. It's not Tori's fault that she's off at Emerald. Like, that's not on her. 
and he's mad that if she continues to help her teammates, Nelson and Logan, that they might make Emerald weaker, assuming that Big T wins elimination and decides to infiltrate and doesn't pick Amanda. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think Devin would be mad to see Amanda go. Like, there's so many ifs. Like, Devin's logic is so far down the line of possibility where he could just, like, see how it all plays out. Yeah. And it it might not even be an issue at all. But, like, uh, he's so wrapped up in what's going on that he's, like, he's thinking, like, 12 moves down the line instead of just, like, seeing what's in front of him. And also, too, just a basic principle of your friend saying, I just want you to apologize. Yeah. And he just keeps repeatedly saying, for what? And he says, like, he wants her to not try. And then on top of that, he wants her to promise that she's not going to do it again. <laughs> like, is this a real conversation? Like, I just I just couldn't get it. And like, this is my line of the episode, actually, but not because it's an endorsement, but because I was just so dumbfounded by it. Devin says, I can't just walk around apologizing for random feelings that I hurt. And I'm thinking, wait, why not? (laughs) Like, of course you can. Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't want to hurt random people's feelings. And if I did hurt random people's feelings, I would apologize for that. Like, I don't understand why, like, I just didn't understand his mindset altogether. I, I understand his mindset, but it's a toxic one. Like, Ah, I see what you did there. Like, I understand what he's thinking, but he's wrong. Like, um, sorry, like, as you as you just said right. that, as you just said that, here's another tangent, a mini tangent, because we're not going to go far off. Last night when I came home, and you're going to laugh at this because you know the context behind it, um, but I was flicking through, and as you just said, I understand that mindset, but it's a toxic one. I put on the first episode of what's that? Uh, it's an HBO show, like a mini series with Jessica Chastain. It's like uh, scenes from a marriage. Is oh, that what yeah. it's called? Yes. <laughs> when you just said that, I understand your mindset, but it's a toxic one. My mind instantly just went back to that because <laughs> if you've seen it, you kind of know what. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And that's all I'm going to say before. Yeah. So sorry. So Tori is totally, Tori is <laughs> Thank you for right. bringing us on. I appreciate that. He got no my back. problem. <laughs> Keeping you out of trouble, Sheldon. Uh, Tori is totally right though and Devin's completely wrong it costs nothing to apologize and like that Mm. sounds like I'm cheapening the apology but like the worst thing you can say is in terms of apologies just be like hey I'm sorry that you feel that way exactly which is like it's not that hard it's not a great apology but at least it acknowledges Tori's feelings and she really is like I don't think Tori's playing. I think Tori's really hurt. Yeah, right? I agree. I agree so with that. The daily challenge, the daily competition is the million dollar heist. So they have these vaults filled with allegedly a million dollars. Hold on, hold on. Are we gonna skip over this this like the intro to this? Because like obviously the vaults that they were dealing with wasn't a million dollars, right? Like we know that obviously. But this well, whole like they were trying to to set up and TJ's like, this is for a million dollars. But I want you to see what a million dollars looks like. And then they even have a Manuel be like, I didn't even know you could print that much money. And I'm like, come on, man. Like we don't need to play this charade here, do we? Like nobody thinks that dumb shit on this show on this episode. Like there was <laughs> right? 
we're i mean my line of the episode we're not there yet but like it was one of the dumbest things i've ever heard but <laughs> okay well we'll get there but oh no I, say it say it I was just going to say, I thought it was funny. TJ says that a million dollars weighs over 2,000 pounds. And I really hope he translated it to kilograms for Kyle, Emmy, and Emmanuel and Big T because they're all European. And like, there's really only one country on earth that uses pounds Mm -hmm. to denote weight. Um, And also, there's no (laughs) way that those are actual dollar bills. Like, they were just obviously not because like they were flying all over the place. Like, they didn't get every single bill into the SUV. You get like they're so cat as they're actually carrying it, they're so casual. Like you would yeah. not be like letting a 20 fly away. Right? No, but also like to get like let's just say the one safe did have an actual 20, like uh, actual million dollars in it. Like to do that, you would I don't even want to go down this conversation. I was just like so almost embarrassed that you were trying to pull it off to I mean, make us believe insurance alone for having $3 million just hanging out. Like, no, Emmanuel, you you can't just print off a million dollars and just have it on stash on like the countryside. (laughs) Like what? And and it's supposed to be American currency, right? Ah, So how are you getting $3 million (laughs) into Croatia? That's some illegal type shit. Someone's like, on some money laundering shit for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a crossover with the Ozark. I also have to point something out. So TJ says, you know, a million dollars weighs over 2,000 pounds. Okay. Sure, whatever you say, TJ. But the other thing is, <laughs> that's assuming yeah. that it's like $1 bills, right? Uh-huh. Like one, yeah, yeah, $1 yeah, yeah. bills is obviously a million bills for a do- But like... If it's $20 bills, which is more likely, it's 50,000 bills and so on, right? Like, <laughs> like they could have made this task a lot easier if it was yeah. just like $100 bills, right? And then it's mm-hmm. it's lighter. Yeah. So like TJ's throwing around like the weight, sure, but it's like it makes a difference what the denominations are. But that's like on TV, right? When they, they do the whole huge drug bust and we got, we seize over, you know, all these drugs at a street value of $20 million. Right. And it's like, yeah, that's that much weed. If you sold it all in dime bags, but like, <laughs> that's not that much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's not, you're going for the headline here. We get it, but whatever. Um, the one thing I was going to say though, that was super important to me. The biggest thing that I've been waiting for to say, and I teased it and wanted to save it. The music. Right. I need to know what music was being played when this started, because when they explained it and it's like, hey, you got to transfer the money from in the duffel bag. I was like, if they don't play duffel bag, boy, that is a huge L by whoever's producing this show, whoever, because I know you could get the rights MTV, your MTV. So I was just hoping that in the States, they did play the song. I think it's by Player Circle is the official title of the group, but really it's Lil Wayne singing the hook and it's, it's a big song. I'm not going to try to sing it, but you know, we all got Spotify or Apple or whatever, right? You could look it up. And that's just a banger. Uh, that's a bangers, 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 bangers track. That even if you don't know the track just by the name, when it kicked in and you heard the beat, you're on it. My point is, if they did not play that song, 
I'm going to be very, like, I'm going to think so much less of this episode than I already did. Right. Because if they played the song, then, Hey, then this whole episode was worth it. That's all. So I took that ends my TED talk. (laughs) I took umbrage. I took issue with how the teams are just shoving the money into the duffel bags. Because to me, what you want to do is you want to make sure that as much money fits into each duffel bag as possible. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you got to keep it stacked. Right. But they were just like taking arm loads. There's no strategy at all. Well, they, they played like their strategy. So Devin was saying that Emerald's strategy was to fill up uh, each bag as heavy as possible to take as few trips as possible, which first of all, to me was dumb because Emerald has the most players. And so they actually would have the freshest legs. Right. Mm-hmm. And if anything, Amanda, granted, is not the strongest person, but Amanda's really fast. And what mm-hmm. I would have been saying to Amanda, like, listen, Amanda, like, Devin and Casey will, who's the other guy? And Emmanuel will carry the bags when they're full of money. Amanda, Nani, your jobs is you're going to carry the bags back when and they're start loading them. Yeah, but you're going to sprint. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Because, yep. like, we're not going to be able to sprint with this weight, but you can sprint when it's empty, and you just, like, book it as hard as you can. And then, like, as we're emptying it, you don't have to, like, haul ass quite as fast. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yep, yep, yep. sort of resting. But, like, I wonder if the rules were that you had to move in unison as a team. Like, I have no idea. Well, they did later on. I mean, we can get to this now. Big T's judgment is clearly getting fucked up because she's so tired. She's so fatigued. And Logan tells her to like run ahead to push the money down to make space mm-hmm. in their SUV. Mm-hmm. And she gets into the wrong car. She's so tired. Yeah. So yeah. I get, I, my point is that you can separate. Like they did have big. Oh, okay. I see what you're ahead. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, yeah. I just found this whole thing. I thought that in viewing this challenge, I didn't think that it would be that interesting, but I think they did a good job of making it more interesting than it actually was. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was, it was pretty close ultimately between Ruby and Emerald. Sapphire was way out of it because like you only have three people. And like early on CT sort of pins that on Kyle, but like three people against five people when you're carrying stuff, Mm -hmm. it's going to add up. It's going to be a lot. Yeah. I think, though, this whole thing is Logan's fault that Ruby didn't win. Um, you look so shocked by that. Like, this isn't, I don't think this is some, like, Stephen A. hot take. Like, I, I'm going to need you to expand on that. Okay, definitely. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, there's a moment where they're looking and they're saying, okay, can we fit everything else in? And Tori is saying, Tori and Nelson are like, let's try to get everything in now. One trip, one trip, one trip. And Logan's like, no, we can't. It'll be too heavy. Let's go and come back. At that point, right? And again, I'm emphasizing this, the way that it was relayed to us, meaning the way the show was put together. At that point, you have to look and see where the other team's at to know if you can afford to take two trips. If you're so confident that you shouldn't just fit everything in the bag. But if you think that you can fit everything in the bag, right, which Tori, for whatever reason, thought so. And when you looked at it, there was some leftover, but it looked like you probably could have fit some of that in. 
You have to do it. And Logan was so adamant. And in fact, it looked like he just took off ahead of them. Like, no, 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 that's it. Let's go. And he just took off and left. You lost it for your team, bro. Meanwhile, look at the flip side. Emerald team comes back. Amanda comes over. She, they're trying to have the exact same decision, right? They have the exact same decision in front of them. Amanda comes, looks over at their team and says, oh, they have every, they have some left, but they still have to make one more trip. If we take everything now, we win. That's the ball game. That's it right there. Logan lost it for his team. Amanda, on some level, won it for her team. Yeah. That's how I see it. Those are just the facts, according to me. You know what? No, you're making a very strong argument. And also, people noticed that Amanda really carried her weight. Like, Emmanuel was impressed. Devin was impressed. Like, she she didn't want to go in. She did her bit. (laughs) which is smart i also have a a fun stat for you which i know you're gonna enjoy can't wait nelson whoa nelly scuba nelly has now lost 50 straight daily challenges that's five zero that's between 49 and 51 wow 50 straight daily challenges he has lost in a (laughs) row consecutively how do you even know that that's amazing Greg Holcomb, a listener of our but podcast, like, told me that. I want to know like wh- who's second on that list, right? Because that's an amazing feat for Scubanelli. And especially because when you, first off, that's really hard to do. But secondly, it was so close so many different times. Like so close. But wow. So close. Yeah, and that's like, not good. I mean, you and I kind of both roasted nelson a few weeks ago when he said eliminations are his thing Mm -hmm. i mean comparatively yes it seems as though they are his thing if you're comparing them to daily (laughs) yes um so yeah emerald wins and the whole deliberation thing was weird to me right like well first off do you want to talk about kyle's party I I just want to say that as a person of Scottish descent, I wasn't sure if I should be into it or offended. (laughs) Like, I enjoyed seeing people celebrate my culture. Yeah. But also, I found some of it problematic. Fair. That's fair. Because they were going, they were trying to wear kilts. They're wearing plaid. They took their plaid shirts and wrapped them around their waist, except for Amanda, who was actually wearing a kilt. But none of them were actually tartans. But I also applaud them for trying to make the best of the situation. I don't know. I'm, I'm torn up about it, Sheldon. I think that at the end of the day, this is what you should really think about. Okay. Do you want Kyle to be the best representation of what your culture has to offer? That's the question you should be asking yourself. Do you know what I mean? I mean and, and so it's like, you know, on the one hand, even if they did have things maybe done a little bit better, it's still Kyle, man. Mm. See, now I'm really torn. Well, that's a question you got to ask yourself. I don't have the answers to that. You know, I don't have the answers to that. I that's will just... say, Big T tried to do a Scottish accent. She missed, she missed the mark a little bit, and that's okay. She, tried. she did she did ask where's the haggis and i gotta tell you i am di- like i haven't had haggis in a while i'm dying for some and like 
I'm for sure going to have a Burns Night party and I'll invite you to it. That's definitely a fed line to her, though, from a producer, right? A hundred percent. That's a written rap. <laughs> yes. Well played. If I ever heard well one. Played. Well but played, John. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying that Big T is making me crave some haggis. Okay. Okay. Um, so this whole back and forth about who should be going into the elimination. I thought it was all for naught. And just like I did too. It was they just like this like heated conversation, all just to vote big T in. Yeah. And and like <laughs> really this whole Devin, I'm gonna throw Tori in. Like, why would you do that? That makes absolutely no sense because you would have confidence that Emmy could beat big T. So why would you need to throw in Tori? Right? Like it yeah. just none of it made sense, right? So just this big whole elaborate you know, waste of time, let's say, right? I, I, I want to say, so uh, listener Eric says, I don't understand Devin's logic at all. Emmy is the obvious vote. She's a rookie and she will absolutely go back to CT. Exactly. I, I have to say, Eric's right. That's like, what I wrote I down too. Yeah. It made no sense to me. I didn't understand it. It was the obvious choice because there's no need for you to throw in Tori. And even if you throw, and they threw in big T cool. Like, I don't know what sense that made, but like, I don't know. I guess at that point you put the pressure on big T to pick Emmy instead of having Emmy being mad at you that you put her in. Right. Like, I guess that's maybe it, but whatever the actual, let's get to the actual elimination. Okay. Right. Cause like, what like in that whole, in that whole deliberation, the only thing that I found interesting was the the Nelson and Devin little back and forth. And I found that interesting because I like that someone finally called out. I guess we are going to talk about it. Sorry, but <laughs> sorry, I'm all over the place here. That's so right. whoever's watching this video is like, how many coffees are you drinking? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> that we should say, Sheldon has is. I mean, it's a large Tim Hortons. Is it a double double or? Well, I actually have two, so I'm on. This. Oh, you have two. <laughs> Are they double doubles though? No, 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 no. Okay. Just for for regular. our American listeners, a double double is a Canadian term for a coffee that has two creams and two sugars. Hold which... on, a double double isn't a term in the states, no? No. Really? Oh, I didn't know Canadian that. Expression. I hadn't. I did not know that. Do you know that? Uh, someone, I remember in my old neighborhood, there was a dude that used to order what he called two by fours, meaning four creams and four sugars. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Like, trust I mean, me. I would not have believed that either. And in not in fairness, but like it wasn't a medium. He'd get like the super size, like whatever the biggest size was, but still like that is absolutely ridiculous. I remember someone doing a coffee run and he'd be like, yeah, get me a two by four. I'm like, what the hell is a two by four? And he's like, oh, a four and four. I'm like, of why what? Would, <laughs> like, what? Well, first of all, why wouldn't he call it a four by four, which is like an actual expression. And also that's disgusting. Like to judge your friend, like, I can't even have a double-double. They make my head swim to have that much sugar and that much cream. Ugh, four by four. Good Lord. <laughs> I don't, listen, I don't know. I was just kind of like, but yeah, that always stuck with me. Um, 
so I don't even know how we got there. How do we get to my Tim? Oh, because I'm going off topic. How did we get, yeah. how do we get to the all time? <laughs> ah, no, but the Devin and, and Nelson thing, right? Because Devin is just like, I'm glad that someone called him out, right? Because he's feeling himself a little too much. And Nelson was right. Like, sh- this is the epitome of the, the kids memes that they got going on where it's show me the lie, right? Like yeah. Nelson is basically saying, Devin, everyone knows what your weaknesses are and you're just trying to manipulate and, and use your words because that's your best weapon. There's no lie there. There's yeah. absolutely no lie. The other thing I would add is that Devin is micromanaging the game so much on a mm. women's elimination week. Yeah. Like, talk, like, I don't want to say it won't have zero impact on his game in the long run, but it's like like what micromanaging like Mm -hmm. it's so unnecessary anyway it's also why i think this whole thing was made up because amanda wouldn't really want to send tori in because why would tori want to tori i don't believe tori first off when she says that if she went in that she wouldn't switch teams yeah right like i don't believe that but also like why would amanda give tori the opportunity to swap her out that also didn't make sense to me but anyways the actual elimination. I want to know what you thought of it because it was pretty cool. Uh, pardon the pun, but you basically have to see what I did. No, nothing, nothing at all. Crickets. Okay, fair enough. I, I, um, I smiled. Not my I best material it. of the pod. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so you had to jump in. Well, the name, Lice, wait, what was this called? License to Chill. License and to I Chill. Don't, I don't know what it says about me that it made me think of the Beastie Boys before it made me think of uh, James Bond. I was doing but, a slow clap because I appreciate I appreciate a clever name, clever pun. I'm right there. Um, so you had to jump in the cold tank, essentially, right? The ice water and swim under, come up, hit a bell, swim back under, come out, put together this giant puzzle. That was this elimination. Uh, Big T picks Emmy, obviously, even though I think she might have been able to take Tori in this, right? Yeah. And I also think there's part of me that thought, shouldn't the girls have wanted to throw Tori in, right, to get her out of the way? But again, story for another day. Either way, Big T versus Emmy, right? How, what do you think about CT helping Emmy? It makes sense, but I see, I totally, I felt so bad for Big T, where no one was cheering for her. No one was supporting her as CT was supporting Emmy. And Big T makes the point, like, he took me under my his wing last season. And now he's not even cheering for me. Like, not even. And she's like, you can help Emmy all you want. But, like, you can't even be a, like, give me a, like, you got this, Big T. Or, like, good luck, Big, like. Yeah. She has a point. And, like, I feel bad. This is one of the things about this show. Big T is a good person. Like, you and I always talk about, like, people we'd want to hang out with, people we want to get a drink with. I for sure hang out with Big T. Like, she, I would want Big T in my life. Like, she just Mm -hmm. seems like a great, nice, reasonable, like, thoughtful person. And, like, it sucks to see that no one's cheering for her because she's not good at the competitions. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, it goes to show how real-life values don't translate into this show. So it just, like... I understand why CT was doing what he was doing. Yeah. 
I think to for big T. And you know, you mentioned it, right? Or you touched on it. There was someone, maybe it was Tori, that was uh, at least throwing in a come on, you know, like good job, come on, come on, Emmy, come on, big T, like at least throwing in like the little, you know, extra on the side, like, come on, let's go big T when really you're not rooting for big T. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, big T messes up. She has to start all over. I wonder how much CT, like if CT helped Emmy a lot more than they showed, right? Because it seemed very, uh, like you could tell that he was helping her, but the way that they cut it together is very much like big T's just like, oh, I messed up. I got to start over. And then Emmy's putting in her last piece. Yeah. Um, I think CT made a big difference. <laughs> yes. Because Emmy doesn't strike me as uh, the puzzle queen that everyone wants to claim to be all of a sudden. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with So her. Emmy wins. She says she's going back to Sapphire. Yep. CT says she's coming back to Sapphire because she's fixated on him like the werewolves from Twilight which is not the reference I was expecting from CT. And, you know, sorry, we blew past, to me, the line of the episode. Okay. Because it was so incredibly dumb. (laughs) Nelson says, someone's catching hypothermia or someone's turning into a Nelsicle. There's at least two things wrong with that. First of all, he gave an either or situation okay both of which describes someone getting cold so essentially he's saying someone's going to get cold or someone's going to get cold second of all what's a nelsicle and why is he part of this like how does (laughs) emmy or big t becoming cold turn them into a what i can only imagine is a frozen version of nelson Because I thought maybe he was referencing whatever season it was, but it was fairly recent where Nelson had to be taken off in the ambulance because he froze. Like, I assume that's what he was referencing. So he's now using himself as the gold standard of (laughs) getting hyperthermia on the challenge. I don't know. That's that's how I read it. But I also then realized I'm not going to try to read too much into Nelson. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? not going to deep dive that hard into anything Nelson says. Nelson did say something intelligent, though. Okay. God help us. He points out that Emmy is now 4-0 in eliminations mm-hmm. on this season, which, like, is a great record. Yeah. Just I mean, in general. Can, I don't even remember who her eliminations were against, but when you get to four, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? Do you know what it, like you could beat Big T four times and still you had to go into the elimination four times and win in your rookie season? And hey. Nelson says Emmy must be rookie of the year. I think he has a point. What do you think? Who else would be the rookie of the year if not Emmy? Who I don't like, but no, I think it has to be her, right? At this point, because it's only it can only be Logan or Manuel. And in either scenario, you're giving them credit for not going into eliminations. Whereas maybe the women just played this game better than the men in terms of the vets, right? In terms of sending in the rookies. So I feel like uh, Emmanuel and Logan just did a better job of eliminating or avoiding the elimination. But 
the other people have an effect on that too, right? Yeah. Whereas I mean, Logan went in once, right? Like he eliminated Corey, but still true. But I'm saying in comparison to four times, yeah. it, it's again, I don't like Emmy. I tune her. I'm going to be honest. I tune her out most often than not once she pops on the screen and starts talking. Like I don't even really listen. Like I go to my phone or go to Twitter or something, right? I'm just like, like I see what she's talking about. It's like, okay, this doesn't matter. Cool. Let's move on. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah. With that said. I was going to say, I, I, was, I was teeing up. Yeah. I was teeing up your, I was teeing up your question there. Um, with that said, a four, no record in the elimination and the wise words of Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. And she's on the brink of the finals and you know, I mean, she probably didn't want to go in. Well, she definitely didn't want to go in, but you got to give her credit for winning. And for that, in an episode where there wasn't really that much going on, um, yeah, Emmy killed it for me. I, it's unanimous. Emmy killed it this week, but I'm going to add on something. Okay. Neither you nor I like Emmy. Correct. But she talked, she was speaking a lot of sense this episode. Right, like, I wasn't aside, <laughs> aside, aside from her conversation with Emmanuel, where she took it really personally, she somehow took made the deliberations about her. Aside from that, though, like mm-hmm. what she was saying to Kyle and CT and trying to get their team on the same page, she was right. Like her understanding of things was spot on. Yeah. So yeah, Emmy, you killed it this week. Where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander and like subscribe to the YouTube page and wherever else you get this podcast. Also too, I guess I never really say this on this pod, but football picks, football picks are on fire this season. And we've been doing this pod for DRF sports every week and I'm handing out football picks and I'm not going to lie to you. The account is bubbling right now. Like, Winners are just happening on a consistent basis. So, hey, maybe you might not be into the football picks and all that, but maybe you might know someone who is. Hey, I like to spread the love, spread out the winners. You know what, Sheldon? I'll set up an account and just go strictly off of your picks. Hey. Also, I guess we should say, like, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy American American Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Happy wrong Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to say this much. One, I, I always wonder too, like, do Americans know that our Thanksgiving is a month earlier? Probably I think it's not. 50, 50. Yeah. They don't really care. But I will say, I'm not mad at American Thanksgiving because I celebrate American Thanksgiving by enjoying the day and watching football. So let's go. <laughs> I'll never be mad at American Thanksgiving. And also for... Like there's a big money survivor pool going on and I need the Cowboys to win right now today. (laughs) So, Hey, either you're listening to this before the Cowboys game and you know that I'm hype and I just need the positive vibes and you guys will send the positive vibes as well. Or you're listening to this after the Cowboys game and you know, the results of said Cowboys game. And trust me, depending on that result, you can guess what my mood will be. (laughs) Tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Hill. And <clears throat> I do want to say happy birthday to longtime listener Carrie Guerra, who is, uh, her birthday is this Monday. So happy birthday from us, your Canadian friends, 
We hope it's a good one. And Happy until birthday. next week, this was You Killed It. Sorry for rambling so much on this episode, but you killed